Well, good morning. Again, <laughs> I do want to make a quick confession as we get started. Uh, I went to, after the welcome, I went and sat down by my wife, and she said, you were picking on Chuck for, you know, glowing up here, and he said, she goes, you're kind of glowing up there yourself, and I'm like, oh, man, I'll take that as a good thing, all right? But <laughs> there are two things in the English language, actually, there's a bunch of things in the English language that can mess people up, but there are two concepts that are hard to grasp. One is a paradox, which is what we've been uh, looking at here the past several weeks, and, and we will continue that. The other is an oxymoron. Now, I absolutely love oxymorons, I think just because of what, that they're called oxymorons. I think that's hilarious in and of itself. But uh, an oxymoron is really two terms that are contradictory that are put together. Um, examples of this is just, you know, man, that, that's just pretty ugly, all right? Uh, we want to have even odds. That's an oxymoron. Or I, whenever you know someone cuts the cuts you know piece of the brownies or anything like that, I want the larger half. An oxymoron. Uh, deafening silence. If you've heard that one, or one of my favorites is government organization. Oh come on, that's that's seriously funny. All right, I I, I give up. Um, paradox, though, on the other hand, is actually slightly different. Paradox is not just two words that seem contradictory put together. Uh, they, a paradox is actually a statement that seems illogical or even strange, yet for those that understand the paradox can actually be some wise advice and, and so, some way to, to move through this life. In fact, Jesus used paradoxes quite often. The paradoxical statements of Jesus really, I think, help define for us what life should really be like in him. Whenever we follow him, it's going to look very different and very weird to the rest of this world. But that life that we have in him is amazing. It's blessed. And it goes on with him forever. So today we're going to be looking at a paradox that uh, I'm sure most of you are so excited to talk about. It's about, we're going to be talking about giving. The paradox is coming from one of Jesus' statements. Actually, it's all over scripture. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But one of Jesus' statements in the book of Luke, or recorded in the book of Luke for us, um, is that this idea, this paradox that we can receive through our giving. Here's what the, the Luke, Luke passage says. Luke 6, 38. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. Now, I know most of us probably understand the benefits of being generous. We've seen it in our own lives. We, we pr uh, praise it in uh, church services about this idea of being generous. And it's, it's, most of us probably realize we should give. But I want you to step back a moment and just listen to how crazy it really sounds that we can receive through our giving. That really seems odd. It seems strange because that's not how we're used to things. Even in our own lives, that's not how we're used to life. We work for pretty much anything that we receive. You work for a paycheck. Now, you may be saying, well, I give time to my boss and I get paid for it. Now, I'm going to take a wild guess that your boss wants you to do more than just show up. He's going to expect you to do a little bit of work to get paid. So we work to get paid. We work to get a raise. We work to get a promotion. 
we work for things even like recognition and love. And pretty soon we begin to think that if, we get, or if we're going to receive anything in this world, we have to work for it. In fact, that is some very popular rhetorics of our time, is if you want to get anything, you got to be willing to put in the time. you got to work for it. And I suppose that's true on a lot of levels. But pretty much we begin to think that everything that we receive is something that we've worked for. And if we go through life like that, we'll begin to not understand or not feel the full weight of this paradox of receiving through giving. We'll miss the point. Mother Teresa was heading to uh, Australia on one of her trips, and a new recruit to the uh, Francina order there um, was assigned to kind of be her gopher, to kind of go around with her wherever she wants, take care of her needs, as, as, as she went about uh, blessing the people in Australia and, and talking with them. And uh, he was super excited because he had heard about this wonderful woman. He had heard about all the things that she was doing, and he was so excited to talk to her and learn from her. Much to his disappointment, whenever she showed up, sure, he was by her side every moment of the day, but he never got to talk to her once because there was always someone else there that was, that was talking to her, getting to know her, or she was out with someone else, and, and he never felt like he was able to really just get to know her, and it was stressing him out and frustrating him to finally, it was the day that she was leaving, she was going to hop a, a plane and go to New Guinea, uh, just a little bit north, and, uh, and he, he had an idea. This young man said, hey, Mother Teresa, if I buy my own ticket for the plane ride, can I sit beside you and learn from you? To which Mother Teresa replied, you have enough money for a plane ticket? Oh, yes, the young man assured her. To which she said, then give that money to the poor. You'll learn more from doing that than anything I could ever teach you. Wow. Wow. There's something about that I think that is completely true, but sounds so weird. Because who wouldn't, if you had the opportunity to sit by, it may not be Mother Teresa for you. It may be, uh, you know, whoever in, in, in your eyes is just a fantastic role model. And if you got the opportunity to sit beside them, captive audience, for a plane ride, no matter where that plane is going, how many of us wouldn't want to jump on that plane and go? And then that person says, you know what, you'll learn more by giving than I could ever give to you. This sounds strange. Can we really learn more through giving? Can we truly receive through giving? This idea is all over Scripture. We see it in another place, Proverbs 11, uh, 24 and 25. It says this, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will, will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Sounds strange. How do you become more wealthy by giving freely? That doesn't make sense. At least not whenever we think through the world's way of thinking about things. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. 
but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, you may be thinking that Paul here is talking about having a good work ethic. Tripping over my tongue this morning, I apologize. Maybe thinking, hey, it's just talking about good crop practices, good farming practices, but look at what he goes to next. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. He's talking about giving. And don't, give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love that passage just to say, don't, don't give reluctantly. Don't give out, uh, out of pressure, a feeling of pressure. Give from your heart, and what will happen? God will make sure you have everything you need. Everything. There's no clause on there saying, well, you know, except this, that, and the other. No, everything that you need. Now, need and want are two different ideas that we might need to talk about here. But he will give us everything you need. Do you get the idea that God wants us to give? Just to help illustrate this, I, I want to I, I give you an understanding of, uh, by, by just the, how much this idea is talked about in Scripture, all right? So, a, um, a concordance is a tool that, uh, a concordance is a tool that basically tells you all of the ideas and words that show up in the Bible, and if you look at one of the words, you know, you'll see how many times it shows up in the Bible and where. So just for instance, if you look up believing in the concordance, you'll find that it's in there about 275 times. Uh, if you look up something like prayer or praying, it's in there about 375 times. Look up something like love or loving, it's in the Bible about 725 times. But if you look up give, giving or, or giver, you'll find that it shows up 2,175 times. That is three times more instances than that of love. Do you think God wants us to understand something? I mean, most of us would probably agree God is love, and love is a subject that we need to be talking about often. I agree. But apparently the Bible also thinks that you need to be talking about giving. Three times more. Maybe our sermons need to reflect that. Maybe our lessons need to reflect that. Because the thing is, although the Bible talks often about giving, we don't love to do it, do we? We don't like to talk about it. Now, sure, we're fine talking about our time, giving of our time, giving of our effort, even giving up of our own lives. Those sermons and those classes, man, they go over well. But as soon as you talk about giving up of our everything, including our resources and our money, Hold up, we don't do that here. We don't ask for that, you know, we don't, we don't need that. Maybe you already saw the slide, Adrian Rogers. Adrian Rogers, if you don't know, is a, uh, was a Southern Baptist preacher who was on television. Uh, uh, he was pretty well known with that. He said this, and I love it. The most sensitive nerve in the whole body is the nerve that runs from the heart to the pocketbook. Isn't that true? Most sensitive nerve. I don't... I, I know the quickest way that I can step on someone's toes is that I can talk about how they spend their money. And the reason I know I can do that with you is because you can do that with me as well. You can ask me, uh, you can question how I spend my money, and I tell you what, that nerve flares up, doesn't it, with you? 
because we don't like to talk about this. Well, I'm sorry, we've got to talk about this. We've got to talk because we get this idea that we live everything else by God's standard. But whenever it comes to our money, we live by a different standard. We live by the world standard because I have worked for that money. It is mine. And whatever I give to the church, maybe in my own business, but you know what? That is great. That should be enough. What does this church think? They, they need all the, all the money here? We'll get into that for a second. But we get this idea it's mine. Look at what Jesus says again in Luke 6. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over, poured into your lap, the amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. This, this idea of, of making room for more, that it's running over, this is a concept that Jesus is really trying to give a visual image for. And the best way that I can do that is remember back whenever you were a kid and you had your favorite set of toys. Let's say, like, maybe you're like me, you had your Legos, uh, your Hot Wheels. I love my Hot Wheels, um, so I don't know who all has whatever it is. Maybe it's your Barbies or whatever. And you're trying to carry them from one place where they're stored to the place that you want to play with them. But you look down and realize your hands aren't that big. You can only carry a few things. Do you remember what you did? Maybe you didn't do this, but I sure did. You take the bottom of your shirt, you hold it out, and you scoop all of the toys into that shirt, and you make the pouch, and then you carry that pouch proudly to wherever you're going because you have so many toys right there. This is actually a very old concept. Jewish wardrobes actually had a piece of cloth that was for this purpose. In, the, in their wardrobe, you could take a, a piece of the cloth and lift it up and create a pouch for carrying things because they didn't really have pockets like we do. So they had pouches that they had for this purpose. And Jesus is saying, whenever he says, it will be running over, poured into your lap. That's the image that he's trying to present is saying, what you receive from me is going to be so much that your little hands won't be able to hold it all. Sometimes we're so tight-fisted, trying to hold on to what we've got, and we forget that God wants to give us so much more than our little hands can hold. He wants to give us overflowing abundance. I love this. But i got to be careful, because this promise it's not necessarily saying you will get what you, or you will receive what you give. We might receive something different, something much better. And this promise is much bigger than simply money. Think of all the assets you have. You have your money, you have your time, you have your possessions, you have opportunities, you have influence, you have your relationships, you have all these things that are yours, as it were. What Jesus is offering is contrary to typical common sense. In our world, if you want to make, uh, if you want to have a long life, if you want to make it through retirement, the retirement age, do you know what you got to do? You got to hold on to some money. True, right? 
You have to have that money work for you in a certain way so that you don't outlive your retirement. And right now, in our society, that is one of the biggest faux pas. You do not want to outlive your retirement. You don't want to be a burden upon anybody else. I get that. Because let's be honest, my parents are sitting right over here. I don't want them to outlive their retirement because you know what happens? They come live with me, and I'm not sure I want that. And that's the problem. We've disconnected ourselves from the very thing that should be holding us together. In fact, rather, what I should be saying is I don't care if they don't have any money. You know what? They always have a place at my place. They always have a place. I'm I'm not there yet. I haven't talked to my wife, so, you know, close your ears for a second. No, I'm kidding. They know where we stand. But here's the thing. If we give of what we have, whatever it is we have, this is contrary to the world's way of thinking. The world wants to hoard it. The world wants to keep it, at least most of it. We find it strange when people give. We love it. A lot of our society needs that, but it's still weird. And Jesus is saying that should be the opposite for Christians. Christians should be known that they don't necessarily keep their things around. They're always giving it to someone else. They're always seeing someone else to bless. And Jesus says, when you do that, when you give, you're going to get something much more than you could ever imagine. Again, probably not in the same as what you gave. So if I give money, that doesn't mean that I'm going to get money back. A lot of us think that way, don't we? All right, Lord, I gave you 10 bucks in the offering plate. It'd be, so I'm expecting, it'd be awesome this week if I just am walking around and all of a sudden I find 50 bucks laying around. That's more than I gave. It would fulfill the scripture, right? You know, that seems silly, but a lot of us live lives like that. We don't want to give the things that we want to hold on to, but we want God to give us the things that we want to hold on to. And we're missing the point. See, the blessing of God is not limited by our own gifts. What we give, in other words, if we give money, God doesn't, isn't limited to just give us money back. He gives something so much more. In fact, the word I just said, his blessing, I think is a great way of talking about what we receive. We receive his blessing. This is the blessing that gives meaning to all of our lives. It gives meaning to our gifts. It gives meaning to everything. And it's something that you can never buy. You can't purchase the blessing of God. It has to be received as a gift from Him. And the way that you get that, he says, is by giving of what you have. Giving your things. In reality, the blessing of God is the only thing that will ever really last. We understand that. We know the passage in 1 Timothy that says, we brought nothing into this world when we came into this world and we can take nothing with us when we leave it. Or maybe you've heard it popularized into the understanding of you've never heard, uh, you've never seen a uh, hearse pulling a U-Haul. I would like to use that one, but then this picture, I found that, and I was like, great. (laughs) That illustration's blown. Regardless, the point remains, doesn't it? Even if you see that, you know it's ludicrous. I've been to Egypt And I've gone to the tombs of all these kings and all the stuff that is there. And it was given to them 
so that they could take to the afterlife. Guess what people learned really quickly? They didn't take it to the afterlife. That's free loot for us. And so they'd break into the tombs and they would steal all this because you can't take it with you. We get that. We aren't meant just to acquire and hoard things for ourselves in order to have this good life that the world talks about. None of that stuff is going to matter in eternity. In eternity, it's not going to matter how nice my house was, how good my car was, how much retirement I had or didn't have. It's all going to pale in comparison to what we receive. Not in kind, but in even better. Whatever will last is what God is going to give, and he asks us to give what we have. So maybe I've convinced you that you're ready to give. I know we've already passed a collection plate, but that's fine. Maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I need to give. So maybe the next logical question is, how much? How much should I give? What, what is a good Christian give? This is the point in the stor- sermon where I really start meddling, all right? I'm going to step on some toes here. You ready? Everything. A Christian, a follower of Christ, with the heart of God in them, gives everything. You remember a story that Jesus told whenever he was teaching at the temple? This is in Mark 12. He says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where they were offering, uh, where they were offering were put, and, and they watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts of money. You can almost hear it. You know, making sure those coins, you know, uh, clang really good on that, on that metal bucket. Many people threw in that large amounts, but a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to himself, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They have given out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. His point, he praises someone who gave their all, who gave everything, not just out of their abundance, not just the what they could afford to give, not just out of the excess. He praised someone who fully trusted him. Now that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because Lord, who's going to pay the bills? Lord, who's going to take care of my aging parents? Of Lord, who's going to make sure that my kids have a good education? I think the Lord is back there saying, what do you think I do? If I am Lord of it all, which is maybe the next point that we need to understand. The reason we give everything is because we realize everything doesn't belong to us. It already belongs to God. Now, there's a concept in how this was commemorated or at least realized in people's lives, and it is the most typical way of, of giving in all the Bible. It's called the tithe. The tithe is the first, off the top, 10% of everything that they would receive. And if you go back and look at how the tithe is talked about whenever it's be, uh, beginning, uh, whenever God first commands it there early up in the Pentateuch, it is always a representation of the whole. 
the reason you give the first 10% is a recognition that God already owns everything. And I am giving him that first 10% as a reminder to me that it's not mine anyway. They would do this with their kids. The firstborn fell into this idea that all the kids are supposed to be gods. The firstborn is the representation of that. They do, do this with their oil, with their spices, with everything that came into their possession. They would give the first 10% because they recognized it's all God's anyway. It's all His. In fact, Malachi 3.10 says it this way, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I don't think there's a soul among us here that if we truly believed that scripture, wouldn't start making sure that we give 10%. If we truly believed it, every one of us here would be like, well, sign me up. What's 10%? I can do that. Now someone's going to say, well, Mitch, that's the Old Testament. Well, you're right. We're living under the New Testament now, right? Two things for you. Number one, there are plenty of examples of tithing in the New Testament, but more so. Number two, statements like that sound like you're looking for an excuse not to give. And the thing is, if you're looking for an excuse not to give, you're missing the whole point. God blesses those who look for a reason to give rather than keep. God's blessing falls upon those who give the way that he has called them to give, with a cheerful heart. Now, don't get me wrong with that. I am not going to stand up before you and require that every one of you bring your bank draft to me and that you, you better make sure that you're given 10%. That's not the point at all. The point that I want to make to you is that you are probably have been going about life the wrong way. You have been assuming the best way to receive from anything is to work for it, and I'll pay to receive what I want. And God is saying, look, here is a different way of life. You want the blessing that I can offer? You want the blessing of this life that is eternal with him forever? It's not something you can pay for. It's not even something that 10% takes care of. It's a heart issue. And that's why the 2 Corinthians passage is so big. Give your heart. And when you give your full heart, other things tend to go as well. When my full heart is in tune and aligned with God, I am a little less concerned about whenever I give to someone who needs it. I'm a little less concerned about whenever someone abuses my property because they're using it for maybe even some good, good and godly purposes. I'm a little less concerned about my possessions because I've learned to not be so tight-fisted. My, the, giving God my heart has made me open-hearted to everything because everything is His. But here's the thing. That's not easy, is it? It's not easy to give everything. This is why we need the Lord's help for him to follow through on his promises that he will give us when we give to him. He will give us everything that we need. So we're going to pray here in a second. I'm going to ask you to join me in on that, join in with me on that prayer.
asking for God to help us understand our needs and to provide those. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Our love for you is, is deep and strong, but sometimes it only goes so far because we hit that nerve between our heart and our pocketbook, and we've set that pocketbook or the possessions that we have, whether it's our money or all the other things of this life, we set that aside of saying, that's mine. I'll give it to you whenever I can, but it's mine. Lord, please forgive us of our selfishness. May we come to realize that we would have nothing if it weren't for you anyway. Yeah, you want us to have a good work ethic. You want us to, to work hard uh, for things in this world, yes. But you also want us to handle them properly. So, Lord, whatever amount represents the whole for us in our hearts to give to you, Lord, may we be willing to do that so that we remember that everything we have comes from you anyway. But, Lord, may we, through that, receive everything that we need. Help us to understand the difference between our needs and wants. And help us to live in accordance to the needs that you are supplying. But even more than just our needs of this life, our needs for eternal life. Lord, may we be open-handed and receive what you are offering through our giving. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this. Amen. This morning, I don't know. I don't know the best way for you to respond to this. I would love to just say, well, now we're going to pass the tray again, and uh, you, know, you can totally fess up by giving your money. That's, we could do that. But rather, the thought that I had for closing this one out is to the, going back to the understanding of this full series. In order to receive what God is offering, His blessing, we have to give. This goes all the way back to the fundamental level of our lives. In order to receive the blessed life in Christ, we have to give our life of this world. And so this morning, if you're in the place of living in this old life of sin, this life that is more characteristic of the world than it is of God, then I want to encourage you to give that life fully and completely and let him give you a new life, something that you could never buy on your own or purchase in any way because the price has already been paid. Your life has already been purchased. It's a question of will you receive it? So this morning, if you need to receive that life, we would love to talk to you. We'd love to walk you through the understanding of the waters of baptism and what that means. So if you need anything, would you let it be known as we stand and as we sing together?